You're listening to the Gunslinger Podcast, a production of Flying Tom Studios. And now here's your hosts, the Apostle and Green River. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. Happy shooting season to you all. Welcome back to the Gunslinger Podcast. So, interesting topic for you today. In the fact that I have not thought of a topic. So, (laughs) we're going to wing this one, folks. I I like how you... I do you have say some it's ideas. interesting when you don't even have anything. That's yeah, awesome. now we're completely winging this one today. So I do get some comments a lot that a lot of you really enjoy the witty banter between the Apostle and me, uh, and I appreciate that. Uh, we're good at this, and we make it seem so natural because we've been doing this since the eighth grade, mm, yeah. and uh, much to the annoyance of our teachers and, and educators at the time. And anyone else within 15 feet. Yeah, so true story. And this is this is one hundred percent true. So in high school, oh, hang on, what 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 story are you? This telling? not you this we, is not one we're going to get we called didn't discuss to court this over. before we started. Uh, this is how okay. bad it's going to be. So All right, go for true it. True story. Uh, our trade school was behind our high school, so we could take trade school classes during high school. Thank God for that. Else, yeah. I'd be a homeless person at this point. Uh, and that's best case scenario. Jail is a home. Jail is technically a home. Yeah. I guess. I mean, you get mail there, right. so I, I assume. Well, that works. You do in the movies. Yeah. Andy Dufresne, he sent like that postcard. So. He did. He did yeah, send it to so Red. Yeah. That's totally a home at that point. But anyway, so us in our our witty banter at the school, we, we got pulled aside one day and told, uh, you guys want to run your mouth so much. You're now We're going to put you on a debate team, and you're going to have to go compete. So they did. Yeah, we were kind of forced into it. Yeah, and we won. We, we like won the entire state state championship debaters. Yeah. yeah. So we've been doing this for quite some, we, we are a war state awarded mouth runners. When we got back, uh, Nick ran around the school telling everyone that he and I were master debaters. Ex- and we were, cause I had a medal. We had that a medal so. to prove it. Yeah. I wrote that on the medal, <laughs> I think. So I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so yes, we've been doing that for quite some time. So something I would like to talk about today, and we and we talk about a lot about fast draw culture, and this is I'm going to swing wide with this one. So we talk a lot about fast draw culture, modern culture, and things of that sort. And fast draw culture has been around since the 50s, and it is it has grown into what it is today. And I would say it's a harder sell right now. It is a harder sell for the common off the street people to come into cowboy culture than it or fast draw culture than it ever has been since it began. And, and I stand on that and I, I, I really do. I believe that it, it, it is more of a challenge now than it ever has been, but I do not stand on the, the principle of it's an impossibility. I do not believe it is a more difficult challenge because of the more liberal opinions of the world today I just think it's a harder sell because it's not as upfront as it was maybe back in the '60s, the '50s, and the '60s. Uh, it's not seen as much. There's yeah, more. W- there's more media attention now. Back, you know, there, I would agree with that. Sure. There was a time when you, if you wanted to see something on a live screen, you had to go to a theater. 
Yeah. And and oftentimes they were they were western shorts things of that sort. And that that was true all the way up into the 60s. Uh by the 70s you started seeing more and more, you know, home television sets and things of that sort. And you know, 60s and the 70s you had, you know, that's when the the great western eras of Gunsmoke and Bonanza and the Big Valley and things like that kind of kind of happened and I really didn't like the Big Valley, so I don't know why he brought that one up. But, you know, Have Gun Will Travel. I like that one a little better, but it was cheesy, but I, I did enjoy it. Uh, but we don't, you know, we don't have that now. Uh, we just don't have it. But we do have our varieties of that. So we were talking about it before we started recording. So my son, uh, Wild Horse in the CFDA world, but my son, Dustin, who just graduated high school and leaves out for the Army in the August, in the August. The August? The August. It will be the <laughs> August. That's how That's how much we've put that forward. It's he goes the to August. the Army in the August. Exactly. <laughs> and we're so proud of him because uh, we, I don't know, we don't have a lot else going on. Sure. But he bought me a video game uh, a while back called Red Dead Redemption 2. And the younger crowd out there, that will seem familiar to you. Uh, the older crowd, it maybe not so much. So... I'll take a moment now for, for you people that make the mem post the memes and say, you know, we need more tackle boxes and less X boxes and shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Uh, we need all of it. Okay. I grew up hunting and fishing. I make my, I, I skin my own deer with knives. I made myself. I don't need to hear that crap. I play video games. I've played video games since Mario was the newfangled thing. Yeah. And I intend to play them until I die, but I don't play them near as much as I used to. And, and like most people, as we get older, you know, with music and with television and things like that, we, we kind of constantly want to look at what we liked when we were younger. So I play a lot of the video games that I played when I was younger. Just like I listened to the music that I listened to when I was younger, things that, you know, today's music is garbage. And well, it is, but it it is garbage, but it, you know, it's something special to somebody that's younger. So whatever, uh, every, you know, once upon a time, you know, Beethoven was that young punk kid writing all that hippie crap. So <laughs> now we look yeah, at I'm him. I'm sure as he a was seen that genius. way. Yeah. yeah, he was young. Yeah. But regardless, uh, my son got me this video game, and for those of you that that don't know what this is, this is a very large uh, Western, you know, cowboys and gunfighters type video game. It's it's enormous, and you basically get dropped in this world where you just do whatever you want to. You can yeah, very much. You can go shoot people in a town, or play poker, or 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 go hunting, or you know it. It's it's enormous. the The possibilities are endless, and I, me and my near Amish lifestyle, I, I've had so much trouble learning to play this game uh, because it's more than just my little square controller with two buttons on it. Yeah. And there's so many options for for it to be so big. I I don't I don't know what to do. I feel like an idiot, and I get frustrated because I feel so much like an idiot that I just get mad and turn it off. And <laughs> damn it, why didn't you buy me something easier to play? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. But eventually, I go back to it. And I've actually gotten the hang of it lately. And I typically, you know, it's it's a large game where you know you're part of a gang and you go out and you do some outlaw things and you meet objectives and whatever. But I spend all my time doing the same stuff I do in real life in that I just go hunting and play poker most of the time. And you can do that. And, and that's basically what I do in this yeah. game. So it's like, it's almost like I just 
you know, I put on my cowboy clothes and do the same kind of stuff I could go outside <laughs> and do. But I, you know, I've gotten to a point in my life where I just don't want to, I go sit in a tree stand now and I look at a deer and I'm like, if I shoot that thing, my day is shit. It's, it's, it's a lot of trouble. I'm screwed. Yeah. Yeah. If I pull the trigger, it's it's a day of work now, and yeah. I don't want to do it. Man, but they, I can do it on this video game, and dude, they sell meat at Houchins. I'm just yeah. saying, I you don't you don't have to go out there and get it yourself anymore. I'm not getting civilized. I, I'm oh not, no, certainly, I'm not, certainly not. Certainly not. <laughs> I'm not getting more civilized. I'm just getting lazy. to a point of. I think it's called lazy. You know, I can do all those things. I can hunt and fish, and and I can live. I have lived a Hank Junior type life. I can do all those things, but I don't want to all the time anymore. Yeah, it's the bravado of of us men. We 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 feel the need to prove, really not to anyone else, but to ourselves, that we can do those manly things. And you know that is. And once you've proved it to yourself, well, then you just don't really have to do that anymore. And that is absolutely true because for the last several years, you know, hunting season will roll around, deer season will be rolling in, turkey season will be rolling in. And I don't even want to go, but yeah. I, there's just this nagging, just this gnawing at me of you got to do it. It's you got to go. It's the way we're wired. You got to yeah. go. Yeah. And uh, this year, instead of turkey hunting, I went to Michigan, and uh, that was a much better alternative. I just hung out uh, with yeah with the the others in their home and shot faster at all, and I enjoyed that a whole lot more than I did uh, any of the the hunting I've done the last. You few years. can get whole turkeys at Walmart. Yes, but if you shoot them there, they really get pissed. And I've been kicked out of Walmarts before. Well, yeah. Uh, I think technically I'm not allowed in the one here in town now, but I, you know, turnover is so quick these days that nobody remembers that sort of yeah, thing anymore. That was a long time ago. But you know, it was. Well, no, I'm not going to go <laughs> down that go road. There. Let's not go yeah. down that road. But to bring <laughs> it back to the video games, uh, the video game itself was, and I think it's five or six years old, something along those yeah, lines probably, now when yeah. it came out. But it was the biggest game in the world Dude, for a it, while. Dude, it's still huge. Like, and it really is. I still see videos of people playing it. It, it It's still a very popular game. Uh, like you said, years later, it, it's a ton of fun. Uh, it, it's really a great game. And and it really goes a long way in, in promoting the, the culture that we, we discuss here. It really does. Yeah, and, and I guess that's my, that's my roundabout point with this is... For those of you that don't know what it is, it is, I mean, it's it's like 1890s. Yeah, late, late 1800s, turn of the century. It's kind of kind of plays upon the 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 cowboy way is diminishing in the game, right. you know. I it's mean, not, it's it's criminal activity. It's it's the old organized West, crime in the, the old early. West is getting civilized. It's not John Wayne as much as it's wide open the cowboys right. kind of thing. Yeah. And there ain't no good guys. And if you want to get down to history, there really wasn't any good guys in that scenario anyway. Right. But it's it's a way to relate. Now these kids know what a Schofield is. Right. These kids know what a lever action rifle is. These kids, it's it's more than they have more than Grand Theft Auto to go to. So you have a way to relate with the younger people, and there is obviously still a desire in the American people and probably everywhere else for this Western culture. Well, it's a way for people to fulfill that that gunslinger fantasy because they don't know about fast drive. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I've said it before. I, you could get somebody off the street, go buy a brand new SIG or a Glock or something like else and give them a holster. And they're going to put that holster on 
they're going to put that shiny new state-of-the-art weapon in that holster, and they're going to look at themselves in a mirror, and they're going to get a cowboy stance. 100%. They're not even going to think about what they're doing, but they're going to get in that cowboy stance and try to draw that pistol like a cowboy. Uh, it's just, that's just how it is. Yeah. That gunslinger mentality, people crave it and, and maybe don't even know why. So I still stand to, to bring this all back around other than I'm just a game playing nerd, which is true. <laughs> it relate, you know, the culture is still there. The culture is still possible. Uh, and there's still a lot of great ways to introduce this to the younger crowds that we really need to be aiming for anyway. Right. Uh, we can't, let me let me see how I can dance on this and without tripping a landmine. We we have to be expanding into the twenties to forties category, and not necessarily cater constantly to the older crowd. Not that we don't want everybody happy. Not that they didn't pave the way for us, but we gotta we gotta find ways to get these younger crowds, and we can aim at kids. The kids ain't got any money. Right. We got to aim for the parents. And you snag a kid with a video game that he likes or with a reference that he understands, well, you, then you get the dad involved. And once we get the dad involved, who's got the... who's And, and it, this is just statistically the dad. Get the dad involved. Could be the mom. Uh, just as likely these days. Actually, might be even more. Yeah, I don't know. So. Uh, regardless, you get the parents interested. How... You, you get the family, mm-hmm. and that's the goal. That's the goal overall. We, good grief. Look at the amount of money and, and time and effort and everything that, that people put into football or, or baseball or, or soccer or something like that. With these, Look at the money that these people spend on equipment for kids every year. I mean, they, they want to be a part of something. They want to put a uniform on. They want to compete. The parents want to go cheer these people on. They want to support their kids. They want to live their own dreams. I, I stand and swear that the majority of sport parents are just living their own their own desires through their kids anymore, and that's probably a whole episode well, we, unto we itself. We probably all are. To, to we, and we probably respect. all are to some, to some extent. Yeah. But... The point is, people want to belong to something. Well, and it, and it's probably not fast draw for everybody. It's it's just not. Uh, we'd probably like to think that it is, but but it's not. Some people, it is going to be soccer or softball, and that's that's their thing, and that's that's fine. But fast draw could be it for a lot more people, tremendous people, more people than what what there is right now. So I'm going to drop a number here, and uh, boy, I'm going to kick a hornet's nest with this one, but. I've been bound and determined to do it anyway. So feel free to do this math and prove me wrong. Be my guest. I'm going to make a boast. Well, not a boast. I'm just going to make a proclamation. You're people to challenge your math. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me right now? You'll have to take both <laughs> shoes off to count this high, folks. I assure you, because I did. All right. I'm going to guess in the culture of fast draw. Active. No, I'm not going to guess. I've done the figures. Roughly. With all five factions that I currently know about in the continental United States, there are roughly 2,000 people actively participating in fast draw culture. Period. 2,000. Yeah. Prove me wrong. 
Prove me wrong. I don't care what the numbers are. I actively participating. Actively participating. Not, not enrolled, not on the books, but actively Actively participating, participating roughly 2,000. And everybody wants to kind of puff their number up, and I, I get it. I, I mean, I absolutely would too, but yeah. I mean, how many you have on the books is not how many come shoot. That's the combined everybody together numbers right there, folks. So there's room for, there's definitely room for growth. Definitely room for growth. I don't think the liberals have have pushed our people out far enough that they don't want to be involved. Uh, I, I I refuse to believe it. I do not believe it. Will not believe it. People still want this. Uh, people still people could watch anything, but they're watching Yellowstone right now. I still haven't, but enough people are enough people still want to watch a Western theme show. They could watch any drama, but they've chosen the cowboy one. Yep. I, I guess that's my point. People could play any video game, but they chose the cowboy one. Uh, oh, yeah. I, there's I, there's definitely desire there uh, to live that out. I, I think there, there just is. I think we are at a point in our culture where we could truly make, and, and, and this kind of goes back to the could it ever be a real sport, con, you know, that, that right. conversation that we had a while Professional back. Professional sport. And and I polled a lot of you folks and, and asked the question, could this ever be a television-worthy professional sport? And I got a lot of answers. And and I never gave mine, but I'll give it now. And I think absolutely the answer is yes. I think it's ridiculous to say no. I think it's completely ridiculous to say no because the only element that has not been involved at this point is money. Yeah. Period. You dump enough money into it, people will watch anything. Mm. Uh, you don't believe me? Go turn your television on. Scroll through the channels. Find anything that you think is worth watching and then find the most vile, horrible crap that you can out possibly find on there. All it took was somebody seeing it, believing enough in it to make it profitable, and they dump some money in it. They televise golf. Uh, how boring could you... I, I mean, know. Who wants to sit there and watch that? I don't know. I could go on the cornhole rant again, but it's you've a, all heard that enough It's a lot more fun times. to play than it is to watch. I mean, and I think you enjoy watching bowling, but I don't understand that. Well, I, I don't sit around and watch bowling, but if I'm in a restaurant and they're, all the TVs are on, I'm going to watch the bowling match. Uh, I, all the, I, I wouldn't watch a football game. Uh, if you if you roll the red carpet out to to walk me into the Super Bowl, I would play on my phone the whole time. I have a feeling you're in the minority in that opinion. <laughs> oh, I'm sure of that. That's just me at this point. But yes, this whole culture is here ready to explode. There's 128 billion whatever. I don't remember. I, I, I had this number all written down and that number I forgot. There's a lot of people in the in the continental United States. Not 128 billion. Well, There's I don't like know. eight billion people on the planet. So okay, then I'm a I'm you're, a bit high on that you're number. You're a little bit high. I'm a bit high on that number. <laughs> so I can't remember now what, what I don't what remember how many. But there's a lot of people. There's only about three hundred million, maybe in the U.S. somewhere in that neighborhood. Well, I think. Yeah. Let's see. I've got the entire. Well, just Google it. I've got the entire world just in my hand. Google let's it. find out real quick. We really are winging so, it. This yeah. Week, oh aren't yeah. We? yeah. But there's only two thousand of us in fast draw culture. Sure. And folks, there are. Go to the websites. Get on these websites, talk to people, ask about the, the you know, how many people are signed up, but actually go look, go do the counting. And I, I assure you, that's it. That's it. And to me, that's a scary number. But to me, it is, I, I don't know, I learned, a long, uh, I, I learned a long time ago to call any, any shortcoming just an opportunity for improvement. 
So I think we have the greatest opportunity for improvement. Three hundred thirty-one million. Say, There's three hundred thirty-one million, million people in the United States. Yeah. So I was a bit off on my hundred and twenty-something billion. Billion. Yeah. I was a bit off. A little bit. Uh, I challenged your math. You. Yeah. You told me to. So. Well, challenge. You know, I challenge <laughs> it further. Uh, but three hundred thirty-one million people in the continental United States, and we have about two thousand of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can. I think we can grow a little further. We just have to accept the fact that we have to put some effort into it, first of all. It, it and requires... then we have to believe that we can do it and quit being so friggin' negative about it and saying, well, these people today, these young people today, these liberals today, these, you know what? Go after all of them. Yeah. It requires intentionality. You have to be intentional. You can't just put it out there and go, well, nobody will come. You have to be intentional in your effort to, to, to seek people out. Quit. Especially young people. There's so many things that, yes. that, that are vying for young people's attention these days. You you can't go out and look for like-minded people like you and just try to recruit them. Right. Because you have shortened the list of possible recruits down to virtually no one. You might be surprised how many liberals have never held a gun. And if you could actually convince them to do it, they may love it. I'll promise I've you that. I've seen that before. Yeah, you know I mean, liberals make cowboy movies. Oh, sure. Because they want to. Because they have the same desire. Do we need to talk about Alec Baldwin again? We haven't brought up Alec Baldwin <laughs> in quite some time. That horrible sack of shit. Yeah. Uh, if anybody can give him my info, I'd love to do an interview with him. But point, you know, I haven't liked him since Beetlejuice, really. Yeah, he wasn't. Well, he was I don't know. He was all, yeah, that? he was in Beetlejuice, but it was all, they're going to make a sequel. Don't you I think know. it's a little late? Um, don't you think, I mean, honestly, yeah, but there's, there's just, there's nothing new under the sun as the wise Solomon once said, well, I, I, there just, isn't. we could do it. We could do an entire other yeah. episode about, uh, remakes and things of yeah. that sort. And, and we will That's probably, probably a whole eventually other, a whole other podcast, but to tie all of this together, well, hurry up. We're, we're long on time this week. So. Well, good. Hey, everybody said they wanted to hear us ramble. So here I'm going, folks. That's not exactly you, what they said. You but have, go ahead. Well, that's what I heard and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so I don't care. Uh, but to wrap all of this up, uh, if you're the hunter-gatherer, you know, Bocephus life-living person, be open to dealing with the gamer nerd because they might surprise you. Uh, they might be more interested in your culture than you think. Uh, we need growth. We desperately need growth in this culture, and we, we should want it. We should. Oh, yeah. If you, it's, it's, it's like church. You know, it's like Christianity. If you if you truly believe it, if you truly believe this is that wonderful, why aren't you confessing it? Why aren't you spreading it? It's a right. it's it's the same mentality. If you truly love this culture that much, what are you doing to improve it? And who are you aiming at? Are you aiming at just the people you think are going to think exactly like you? Because there's so many tools to gather, so many other people that you know you might improve yourself a bit by going after people you might not expect. Somebody came after you. That's why you're here. The easy draws are already in there. Yeah, they're already doing it. Exactly. Uh, you know, all the all the 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 John Wayne loving people that are ever going to be in this sport are probably all here. So it's time to go out and find the guys that. And if they're not, then they just haven't heard about and it. And they just and haven't that's heard all about it'll it. Take for them to join. Exactly. You know. So it it it's it maybe it's time to go out and look for some other folks uh, to the sitcom people to the cartoon people. You know, go out and make sure you're talking to everybody. Make sure you're trying to be, use that cowboy way that keeps coming up. 
that people keep bringing up and make sure you're talking to everybody and trying to be all inclusive in this because all the resources we could ever need are right at our fingertips. Make sure you're using them. All right, folks, with us today, all the way from Virginia, I've got Spanky and Billy Sue with me today. Folks, how are you doing today? We're doing great. How about you? Doing well. Doing well. So I'm here. Oh, I speak. Uh, Billy's got a little bit of a chest cold thing going on, so she sounds a little squeaky when she talks, but she's here. Well, uh, early, early, late spring, early summer chest cold. That's kind of rough. So we, we'll yeah. we'll make some allowance for that. Um, I appreciate it. I don't I don't think Spanky will have any trouble trouble filling most of the gab moments on here anyway. <laughs> so probably not. So. Uh, two two of my favorite people in the CFDA in the eastern side of the United States here. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you what you do and what you're up to when you're not famous gunfighters. Huh. You. Well, I work for Color Windows and Doors, so I've been in sales uh, doing retail replacement of windows and doors for the last 30 years. So that's how I pay the bills and and. Uh, that's what keeps me shooting. Uh, I tell my managers there that I work to shoot and I shoot to live. So um, they don't give me any problem with time off. I just take it when I need it and go. I just don't get paid when I'm not there. That's the only thing that uh, is a little rough. But that's what I've done for 30 years. Billy is a good domestic goddess. Well, I drive a school bus for Chesterfield County Schools for over, did do that. over 10 years. And then when I won my first state championship, I became a domestic goddess and I yes. a professional traveling. Professional gunfighter couldn't be out there, yeah. you know, driving a school bus anymore. So I, <laughs> I think that's wonderful. You won your first match and retired. So I did. God, why didn't I think of that? That's great. <laughs> if that's the rules, I'll that's never not in the, retire. That's not in the rule book. Yeah. Well, I got lucky. I got lucky. Actually, what I did was I convinced Spanky that I needed to move to the country so that I could practice more, so that I could win. And he believed me, and we did. Yeah, we did. And then I had to win to to be able to make up for talking him into moving me to the country. I bought a 10 by 20 shed to make a range for her, and I think uh, I've had her in it four or five times. <laughs> well, pra- practicing. Practicing, yeah. Well, it's worked. Well, practicing, yes. There's it's worked else. quite well because I know for a fact she's won a few matches. So uh, that must have been a good yes, chance. It's still here. Yeah, it is. I got four, five of them in the backyard, so I call it Shed Row. Nice. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about your introduction into the fast draw world. How did that get started and how did you get where you are now? Well, in 2008, Ringo, my brother, uh, who had been involved with uh, World Fast Draw, Ohio Fast Draw, uh, different things like that. There was nothing really in Virginia at that time, Uh, but he had been involved with all of those. We were shooting SAS, uh, single action shooting with him. We had shot that for, he drug us into that as well, for a couple of years. And then he really wanted to get into Fast Draw. So he asked us one day, he says, you know what, if we, would you guys really want to shoot fast draw if we could get something going here and we said well we don't know what the heck it is but sure we'd love it and uh we'll we'll do whatever you say and so sure enough we uh we did a little practice session 
uh, at a SAS match, actually. We uh, got a bunch of people together after the match and said, uh, hey, any of you guys want to try fast draw? And, of course, you know, that's a pretty good crowd for that. So they said, yes, not a problem. And we all stood around and shot the very first uh, pieces of wax that we know of that were shot on this side of the Mississippi, I think. Um, and so we had a great time with that. So then he started a club, which was Old Dominion Fast Draw. And uh, that was the very first club uh, in Virginia. And basically, as far as we know, the first one on the East Coast up and down the, the whole shebang. So that was in 2008. So he, I, and Billy had a great time. We, we helped him do everything with that club. And uh, that was kind of our introduction into fast draw. And we've been kind of hooked ever since. Nice. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's a great history. Uh, I, and I've I'd heard a little bit of that before. So uh, very, very interesting to see how it kind of blew up on this side of the country over here. So tell us a yeah, little. It did. It took off pretty quick. Yeah, I like a bonfire, and it and, and I haven't been around as long as that. But I mean, even in the time that I've been here, it's it's just in a constant state of explosion over here. So that's that's wonderful. So tell us a little bit about your current club that you run and uh, some events you've got going on. Yeah, Billy and I own the uh, Virginia Peacemakers, so we have a club here in Amelia, Virginia. So we're just kind of right outside the Richmond area, probably 30 miles outside of Richmond. And uh, we took over that club. It was originally uh, run by a guy by the name of Melungeon, uh, who was one of the original members of uh, Old Dominion Fast Draw, and he lived in this area. So he opened a club in Powhatan, Virginia. It was the Powhatan uh, Peacemakers at the time. And... When Billy and I moved up here to this area, we moved into Powhatan actually originally, um, we um, we started going to that club. We would go to the, the Run Oak Club and come to this club. I think, was he the second club that was on this side of the coast or somewhere? Yeah, I believe it was It was Old Dominion, then Powhatan. Then Powhatan, and then, then it was Kentucky, I think, no, I think changed. I don't, yeah, well, no. Grandview came along after, after that. But anyway, um, so, so we came up here and started shooting with him. Melungeon got to a point where uh, the club was growing. He was just a little too much. He didn't want to continue, and and uh, so he offered to to basically sell the whole thing to me, and it was a great price. And I said, yeah, and I took it. And so since then, we've we've uh, we've run with it, and we're very happy that it's been successful, and it's it's a great club. We got fantastic people here uh some of the best some of the best shooters in the country as well uh we've had some some great people here do some you know they travel a lot do a lot of traveling and going to other places and shooting like a lot of the people on the east coast do uh, and they have been quite successful at it so we had our first youth world champion here uh and that was uh blind billy mm-hmm. I remember who, that. that was the first yeah, the first world champion on this side of the country, which was uh, pretty exciting when that happened. Um, and then uh, we've, uh, so we started, we ran this club, and now I think we're still somewhere in the neighborhood of like the third or fourth largest club in the country. We have a total of 65 members. Um, 
if we could just get them there all at once, man, that would that would. <laughs> oh, Cheryl, I love them with the other Virginia clubs. <laughs> True. Yes. And you forgot Drifters Club. He had a club too. Yep. Yep. That Drifter started the club actually shortly after that. That was the uh, New River Fast Draw. Club. Right. But yeah, um, you did you did touch on uh, Kentucky. Kentucky kind of started out of Virginia, so Shane's traveled yeah. over to shoot with you all. So you we were basically a plant from from the Virginians. So thank you for that. That's it. And and I knew that club. What was the original date that that club started? Do you remember? You know what? I'll tell you, and then Shane will text me and tell me I was wrong <laughs> again. Well, Shane, uh, Shane showed up at our very first Virginia State match. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was 2010 or 11. It was 10 or 11, yeah, but, and I, I'll if I say specifically, I'll get it wrong, and he'll text me. Uh, yeah, but, but that's okay. Yeah. He's he he's constantly scolding me like that. He's like a he's like that well, aged schoolmaster with a switch in his hand. And that's it. He swats me on occasion, but I don't. I just let it go. But, well, uh, I never saw anybody more excited than him when he first came. Though he was so yeah, happy oh to yeah, see something like this show up on the East Coast. Him and Bonnie, she was, she was with him, I believe. And then Kentucky Lawman was there, and um, it was just really fun to meet all these people that had the same love for uh, shooting sports that we did. That we had no idea that. There were that many people, you know, even in Virginia that loved it, much less another state. Yeah, so it spawned off from there. Obviously, that, you know, <laughs> the Kentucky Club has been extremely successful. And then the Virginia Clubs. And then, of course, when it hit Florida, that all exploded. I don't even know how many clubs there are in Florida now. What is it? Uh, uh, more than five? Five or six. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they they just started another one, so I think it's six. Smoking. Uh, smoke started a club, so yeah, they got a bunch down there. And now so we it's got a, a big state. So. And we got Georgia, and uh, I think Pennsylvania, and we got you know we, it's yeah. it's kind of blown up in in a lot of the areas around here. So and and South Carolina, so and South Carolina, yeah, absolutely. So uh, in Alabama, we're actually we're going to travel to Alabama. Uh, this Saturday and go shoot their their first big match down there. So it's it's a, so it's a cool. great time. Yeah, that's so cool. I claim Michigan. Technically, I claim we, them. <laughs> we claim them in the Eastern Territory, although you know they're on our side of the Mississippi River. I'm just right. I'm just they, they saying. Are. Once you get over yeah. here, I I don't care. Great Lakes Territory, blah blah blah. Yeah, no, that's the East. So yeah, we claim right. them too. I'm not sure in Daisy. Yeah, they they uh they kind of claim us too, so it works pretty good. But you know, they're constant yeah, constant friends of the show there. So yeah, it, we yeah. just we just had a great time up there at their event. And uh, speaking of events, so next weekend, uh, going to be a great event out your way. Tell us a little bit about that. Yep, we got the uh, uh, 2023 Virginia State Championship. It's going to be the second, third, and fourth, which is next Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so we're doing our state championship here. Me and, uh, and, and Florida, we always transfer back and forth the uh, territorial championship. So they did the territory this year. So I just do a state and then next year the territory comes back here and then they just do a state. So we've kind of had that nice agreement there and it's kind of give people options to come to the territory uh, championship in a different area. So uh, works out pretty good so far. It's worked out very, very good with doing that. And then on the off year, we just have to put together a state. So it's a little bit of a, 
uh, not quite as much as uh, having to put together two two shoots. Right. So it works out. Gives you kind of a little bit of a break if there is such a thing putting on a <laughs> putting on a championship like this. Yeah, it's yeah. you just kind of dread the dread the week going in. I I, I tell. I tell people typically when you're the when you're the match director when you're the club hosting the event the best part of the match is the week after it, and uh, yes, yeah when you when you get that to breathe true. you'll spend the next week saying yeah. you know what I will never do this ever again I'm so sick of doing this <laughs> I'm never do this but usually about a month after that you're good you're you start you, you go back into yeah. planning phase yeah. and uh, I sleep for at least a day. After the thing that I always take the following Monday off because I I'm just worthless that day, and then I tell everybody don't even mention fast draw to me for a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> don't even mention it. Oh I yes, just... <laughs> I, I'm the opposite. I'm ready to go. Like as soon as it's over, I'm like, yeah, we're right. the next one. Yeah. Well, especially if you won, you got a nice shiny belt. Yeah. Shiny. Even if well, that, yeah, ball, that does that does make it a bit easier. <laughs> I will say that it does. So I, I just like the traveling part, though. I love traveling and meeting everybody and seeing all my friends again. Well, we I mean, that's the greatest thing about that's the greatest thing about the CFDA is the people and being able to travel across the country. And we got friends everywhere and even out of the country with Honcho. So I mean, it's just, um, I mean, when when else or what other kind of a sport could that have happened in? You know, it just right. you just can't. I mean, how, how would we? find people in california or nevada or uh and notice i did say it right too nevada uh, yeah. and oklahoma i mean just all over the country you have these people that you know you sometimes of course you don't know their real name you know their alias uh but and they come and spend time with you and shoot and i mean it's uh uh, when people talk about it being a family, it really is. It's a family sport, but it's 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 more all the competitors. It's more of just a great big family. I tell people all the time we we have a great big family reunion and a gunfight breaks out. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> well, I, historically, I, I that's kind of how it went when I was a kid, but it wasn't as celebrated <laughs> as as it is in this family. But uh... yeah, we. You had to hide from that one. Yeah, this is the better version of that. So that's great. Most certainly is. And we haven't, my family, we haven't made it to Virginia in a couple years. So we're we're really looking forward to it because we there's so many people that we do get to see at other matches, and and but it's it's not quite the same. You don't get to see them all unless you go to that and to to their range. So there's people in Virginia I haven't seen in a while that I I miss seeing, and I'm looking forward to that. We've missed a couple this year due to some uh, some family circumstances that's going on in our house and things, and so it's kind of kept us away. It was the very first year we've we didn't make we didn't make Florida. We've been there every year, and and it it just hurt our soul not being able to get down there. Oh, this it did. Year. It did mine too. I assure you. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's just, uh, but there are so many events now with so many different clubs and so many different championships, it is getting to a point where people just kind of have to pick their, you know, pick which ones they're going to do and do it. And you just gotta, uh, you just can't do them all. We can't all be rich, live in an RV and travel around the country and do nothing but shoot, you know, but absolutely. I mean, it, it would be nice to have that dream, but it just doesn't work. Well, maybe someday, who knows? That's true. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to tell the public, the uh, the people, while you have the masses 
in the palm of your hand. Is there anything else you'd like to just bestow upon them? Well, I mean, I, I, one thing I want to do for sure is, you know, thank all of the shooters that particularly that help us out. We talk about doing this state championship coming up next week. Uh, putting on a match like that is a, is a joint effort of a lot of people involved. And there are a lot of people that get involved and do unbelievable work and, and really take time off from their own jobs and, and come out there and participate in the shoot. But not only that, but the people that I have here with uh, Virginia Peacemakers and then, of course, Grandview and, and Old Dominion Fast Draw, the people that come and, and work and just give of themselves to make something like this happen. Um, you know, just I want to thank them for their work ahead of time. I try to make sure we do always at the match, but uh, I don't think you can ever thank people enough for all the work they do because it is it is a group effort. There's no way I could uh, or we could do this by ourselves. Uh, I question sometimes my ability to be able to continue doing it anyway. But uh, but with the help we get. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of the burden off of that. So I just wanted to publicly thank everybody in case they happen to be one of the four you said that listened to your podcast, right? Very, very possibly, <laughs> yes. So, we may be, we may have as many as 10 listeners, I, but I'm not going to boast that go. high. Yeah. Pam is one of the people that I depend on the most because she's so smart and she's always willing to help me with anything, any question I have about running matches or paperwork or anything like that and um you know just just people like y'all that are willing to come and help when you can just be just because you love us absolutely we do well pam is the person i depend on to get me from one room to the next so i, I definitely understand that so that is true well listen tim linda we appreciate you we love you for what you do and what you've what you've helped provide for us in this part of the country and all over the country uh, thank you for being on the show folks if you have any interest in the Virginia clubs the Virginia match or this side of the United States and have any travel questions feel free to reach out to them reach out to the show reach out to any of us over here because we're a very helpful group of people and thank you all for tuning in thanks for listening with us and we'll do this again real soon